we were all pretty much aware and, and certain that we, were, we had really uncovered a Torah that was 300 years older, which makes it a very, very significant holding for the Library of Congress. Welcome to the YU Ideas podcast, where values-based education meets today's challenges and opportunities with your host, Rabbi Dr. Stuart Halpern. Today's guest is clinical professor and chair of computer science at Stern College for Women, Alan Bruder. Higher education has been all a Twitter over chat GPT. How countless deans, faculty members, provosts, and presidents have wondered how can we balance emerging technology and its many advantages with good old-fashioned study? How can we navigate the tension between what computers can generate for us and what our own very human minds can generate for us? Professor Broder, you're actually undertaking a fascinating project utilizing the most advanced artificial intelligence technologies to unpack an ancient text, an ancient handwritten scroll, a Torah scroll, to actually appreciate its beauty and profundity in new ways. Please tell us about that. Yeah, so um, thank you for having me. Um, Torah scrolls go back thousands of years to the giving of the Torah um, at Sinai, and we have a tradition that every Torah in on the planet today um, was written um, as a copy from another Torah and another Torah and no- another Torah going all the way back to the time of Moses. And so what we would expect is that every Torah that we encounter, since it's care- carefully copied from another source, should look exactly the same. And in- indeed, with very small variations, the text is the same across the planet, all the Torahs that we encounter. What does differ very um, dramatically is the calligraphic flourishes that the scribes apply to the Torah when they copy the Torah. So we have a tradition that, again, that goes back to the time of Joshua and Moses that the, to- the letters in a Torah scroll are to be written in a particular way. That is not just the shape of the letters, but flourishes such as um, different shapes and different um, curly shapes and so on that are attached to the tops of letters or to the bottoms of letters or even inside letters. And we have that tradition, and it's been recorded in several uh, books, one of which is from the uh, 14th century and another book which allegedly goes all the way back to the time of Joshua. And we should expect to see our Torahs have all those flourishes as well. And what we see is that over time, the flourishes have changed. Our modern Torahs don't even have as many flourishes as the ancient Torahs did. So I've been a member of a project um, being run by a scholar in Jerusalem, which is attempting to assemble a pedigree of Torah scrolls that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. The idea of it is, is that any scribe who's working on a Torah, our tradition says they don't do it from memory. They have to look at another Torah. So we can establish the pedigree of a Torah if we have one Torah and then we compare it to another Torah and we can see how similar are the uh, flourishes. We can pretty much identify when and where that Torah might have been written uh, based on um, other sources. So what this project has done, has um, it has gathered hundreds of Torah um, scrolls from around the world, actually just digital images of hundreds of Torahs, 
And through painstaking work, our scholars on the project will study each and every letter and make a notation to determine where did each particular flourish appear. And then by comparing all of these measurements that are made from hundreds of Torahs, kind of the way diamonds are compared to each other or are, are fingerprinted based on their tiny um, variations and imperfections, um, we can compare these hundreds of Torahs and identify, in effect, a timeline of when the Torahs were written and even geographically where the Torahs might have been written. Uh, so this has been going on for a number of years. and. It is now pivoting to the world of technology. So the way scholars currently work on this project is, as I said, they manually look at each Torah and they read the tens, hundreds of thousands of letters and look for the calligraphic uh, variations. That is just ripe for applying uh, modern artificial intelligence technology. So what students at CERN College for Women in the Computer Science Department have been working on is a, applying AI technology, machine learning, to train an AI as to what a normal letter looks like without flourishes. And what we're looking for, once the AI has been trained uh, to look for, to identify letters as they standardly appear, we can then let it loose on a new Torah and we can say, okay, AI, show us what letters don't look normal, and those are the flourishes, those are the ones we're looking for. And what, in effect, what we've done here is created a force multiplier for the scholars, because the scholars now don't have to spend hours and hours looking for all of these unusual shaped letters and unusual flourishes. The computer will identify them for them and allow the scholar to do what they need to do, which is to um, weave it all together into a pedigree of um, Torah um, authorship. So essentially, you're having AI craft a lineage or a family tree of Torah scrolls. The AI is it plays at this moment, it plays a supporting role in that it allows us to identify the unique characteristics of each Torah and the next step of having it automatically construct that family tree, the, the pedigree of the Torahs, that's not currently automated, but that would be the next area of research for us. And has there been a, a branch of that tree that has led you to interesting places? Yes. So um, one of my um, roles on this project, since the project is based in Israel, but I'm here based in New York, and I um, actually I live in Maryland, and so I have access to more geography than the Israeli-based scholars, is anywhere I go, I ask around, do you have a Torah? Uh, one of the places that that took me was I made inquiries at the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C., and I said, do you have a Torah? And they said, well, we actually have an, a very old Torah, and we have a very old um, scroll of uh, the Megillah of Esther, and would you like to come and digitally photograph it? So I assembled some friends, and we went down to the Library of Congress, and we photographed the Torah. Now, I've seen a lot of Torahs at this point, and I saw this Torah that the Library of Congress this said— This is a scroll of Esther, meaning not the five books of Moses, but a scroll of no, Esther. No, this was an actual—they had an, a, a Torah and a, a ah. scroll of Esther. So they said that this was an 18th century Torah scroll. And I've seen so many scrolls, including ones that are, are um, from the 1500s and 1400s. I know what it's, it's going to look like if it's 300 years old versus five or 600 years old. 
I looked at this tour and I said, just no way is this from the 18th century. We started photographing it immediately. This was such an interesting find. We sent photographs back to the team in Jerusalem. And just by looking at the text without doing any analysis, we were all pretty much aware and, and certain that we, were, we had really uncovered a Torah that was 300 years older, which makes it a very, very significant holding for the Library of Congress. They subsequently published a, a big news article about it because it was such exciting news for them. And were there any other branches of particularly fascinating interest? Yeah. So um, if you've ever been to the Heichal Shlomo Museum in Jerusalem, in one of the um, exhibit rooms, there's a um, a very somber display of linen bags hanging from the ceiling. And if you look inside those linen bags, what there are are fragments of Torah scrolls. And what those are are pieces of Torah scrolls that the Nazis had desecrated and used as wallpaper. Hmm. So Heichel Shlomo Museum has had those for years. It turns out that the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. has a bunch of fragments that were also recovered from uh, wallpaper uh, as desecrated by the Nazis in in Germany. Um, This project brought together the fragments of wallpaper, uh, fragments from Jerusalem and the ones from the Bible Museum in Washington, D.C., and what we discovered on the project was they're from the same Torah, which is just an incredible coincidence that these pieces of Torah should have been dispersed again across the planet. And through this project, we were able to determine that they were actually pieces of uh, the same puzzle. So backtracing the history of these Torah scrolls or scrolls of Esther, other biblical books, what story can that tell us? What is what, what can we learn about the production or the copying or the artistry of the Torah itself? I think it really tells us the story of, of the Jewish um, adventure. That is, Jews have been dispersed all over the planet. And you can look at a Sefer Torah, a Torah scroll, and you can say, that came from North Africa just by the style of the flourishes and the style of the writing and the pagination. And another Torah, is go- you're going to look at it and say, that probably was written in Eastern Europe. So the Torahs kind of mirror the journey of the Jewish people throughout the world. Dr. Broto, for this incredible work, literally repairing uh, lost Jewish memories, lost Jewish texts and Torah scrolls, we thank you so much. Thank you. The Why You Ideas podcast is a production of the Office of the Provost of Yeshiva University and Uri Westrich. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review if you like what you're listening to. We want to hear from our listeners. Write to us at shalpern at yu.edu. In the meantime, stay deeply rooted and forward-focused.